Hello and welcome back to my podcast all about my identity as an educator and kind of the summation of my own personal education so far. Um, Last week in our episode, we talked about um, just my personal philosophy and teaching style, kind of a little bit of background about myself. And so now we're going to move into the role of public education in America. So this episode is going to be diving into the role of education in America. I'll be Starting out, I'm going to talk a little bit about just the history of public education, kind of how public education came to be. Then I'm going to talk about kind of my own perspective on what I believe the goals of public education are. I'll move into talking about my role as a teacher in a public school. Um, In that segment, I'll be talking a little bit about you know, my own perspective on what my role as a public education teacher should be. Also getting into kind of the way that the federal government or the state government dictates my role as a public school teacher. Finally, moving into equity and public education, kind of trying to answer this question of are public schools meant to include everyone? We know that, you know, the goal is probably yes, but after kind of taking a deep dive into some articles, data, drawing on my own personal experience as an educator, do I think that there is equity in the public education system? Um, I think that this will segue really nicely into my third episode all about curriculum and instruction. So I'm excited to dive in. Again, thanks for joining me and I hope you enjoy this episode. So like I said, I'm going to begin today's podcast by diving into the history of public schools. Um, The reason why I'd like to start with understanding the history of public schools is because I think it's really important that we understand the history, understand the past, um, and our roots in public education. I think that it makes it a little bit easier to understand and discuss the purpose of public education and the structures that still exist today. So kind of this idea that understanding the past will help um, help us to better understand the current and maybe even the future of public education in this country. Um, so in doing some research on the history of public education, I found some very interesting um, things out there that I really wasn't aware of before. So kind of Before getting into the reason why public schools first existed, I found a definition for what is a public school. And according to Education Bug, a public school is defined as a federally funded school administered to some extent by the government and charged with educating all citizens. Um, So this is just kind of the basic definition of what a public school is, and that's, again, in the United States, Australia, and Canada. So today's episode, we're really going to be focusing on the United States. Um, A lot of the things that we're talking about today might relate to other countries, but the research that I'm doing for the history of public education really is going to focus on America um, in this episode. So... For a long time, there have been these core questions that government and 
educators all over are trying to figure out, you know, what is the best way to educate people in this country? And so when we're thinking about the ways to best educate citizens, um, I found that some questions that tend to be asked are, what is the primary purpose of public education? Who should be able to receive the educational services? And how does the government ensure consistently high quality um, in the educational services it provides? And so as I move through this episode, I'm going to be kind of trying to touch on those topics to give a thorough overview of public education in America. Um, but like I said, I want to first start by talking about the history and the first schools um, here in America, because there is a really interesting past to the history of public schools and why they started that if you are like me, maybe you didn't know um, previously. So something that I learned throughout my research for this podcast episode and through some classes, I figured out that the first public schools in America were actually started to make sure that kids could read the Bible. So the the public schools were designed to teach children these Puritan values, how to read the Bible. People were afraid that if kids didn't learn to read the Bible, they would start following Satan. Um, and so really the, the public schools in America were designed to force kids to, you know, subscribe to the values of um, the Puritans and to be able to read the Bible. So it's pretty interesting to me that maybe the intentions behind public schools from the very beginning have not been um, based on, you know, educating citizens to be free thinkers, to be active parts of society. It was more to make sure, okay, we need these kids to fall in line and be good Christians and read the Bible. So kind of an interesting start to public schools that I think kind of paved the way for some of the structures that are still in place today. And some of the things we see in public schools today, I think it, it makes sense we can trace them back to these original ideas of the way that public schools originally started. So as public schools um, kind of grew past that first stage of just being there so that kids could learn how to read the Bible, we move into kind of public schools through the years. So um, in the 19th century, the classroom setting took on a very different look. So this is when things started to change a little bit. Um, and so in this next little part, I kind of want to talk about the way that public schools have changed through the centuries up until our current day public schools that we have now. So if we start by looking at schools in the 19th century, it was kind of your typical one-room schoolhouse. I know that when I was in probably elementary school, my class took a field trip to a one-room schoolhouse. I believe it, it must have been for a history class. I still, I don't fully know the reason why we, the educational value there, probably just to understand um, schools and what they used to be like. And I, I vividly remember this field trip because the one-room schoolhouse, it kind of was haunting in a way. I remember we visited and there was a woman that 
played the teacher. The schoolhouse looked very historically accurate based on the research that I've done for this episode. It was um, just kind of bleak, you know, desks set up in a row, teacher at the front, and the kids would sit there and, you know, be read to. Very heavy focus on just classic reading, writing, arithmetic, and um, overall, you know, acting right. So focusing on those manners. And I remember in this field trip, when we went to visit, we kind of had the the field trip place had us act out. You know, we were all dressed up. We had to act out as if we were back in the 19th century in a one-room schoolhouse. And so we showed up to the field trip. All the girls had to dress historically accurate. We were wearing these long dresses with, um, I don't even know what you would call them, like aprons. We And the boys were dressed as boys would have dressed to go to school back then. And we all sat down and we would sit there and, you know, the teacher taught as if she was a teacher in the 19th century. And I remember part of the field trip was that one of the students would be chosen if he, didn't, he or she didn't have good manners. They would come to the front of the schoolhouse and be disciplined, you know, maybe smacked with a ruler, sat in the corner. And that's something that I remember standing out to me is thinking, this is kind of crazy. I can't believe that, you know, really not that long ago, this is the way that children were learning. And so um, I definitely feel like personally, I have a good understanding of what schoolrooms and schools looked like back in the 19th century. Um, and, you know, based on the research that I've done, it was pretty historically accurate. So these schoolhouses, you know, they were serving a purpose. They were teaching this reading, writing, arithmetic uh, manners, but the resources were very limited. It was very just like chalkboard teacher. I don't even know if there were books. Um, and so it definitely looked very um, empty. There was not a lot going on there. But, you know, it served a purpose. The, the role was to teach students how to read, write, do math, these basic skills. Um, and so that was in the 19th century. The after that, based on my research, I found that in 1867, that is when the Federal Department of Education was established. And this Department of Education had kind of just a original purpose to collect information on individual schools that would help states establish their own effective public school system. So the primary principle is still one that governs the public department of education or the U.S. Department of Education to this day, right? So it's this government agency that is supposed to help states put in place better policies and practices for public schools in their states. Um, so as the cha as changes happened and throughout the the years, the changes that have been seen in the Department of Education over time, um, the goals of this education remain of this agency remain intact. And the website of the Department of Education says that the goal is to promote student achievement and preparation for global competitiveness by fostering educational excellence and ensuring equal access. And so that equal access part of the goal of the public department of the U.S. Department of Education is something that I definitely would like to touch on later in this episode when I talk about equity in schools, because I think that, like I said in my intro, this goal is definitely there, right? The goal of public education, you know, from the top level, um, at least what 
is said and written down is that you know there is this goal that ensures equal access to quality education but i think that because of these structures that were put in place from the very beginning right so these institutionalized um, systematic policies and practices that have been there from the very beginning it's hard to break from that and get past the roots of public education. So it's hard to create an equitable institution if that institution itself was kind of built on um, inequity in a sense. So like I said, I'd like to talk about that later, but I do think it's interesting. Um, while I was researching, when I read that goal, um, it made me think about kind of what public education looks like today and if that goal is being met um, by schools currently. So after the public education, the U.S. Department of Public Education was formed in 1867. Um, it kind of brings us to this era um, right after the Civil War when schools were facing segregation. And so the U.S. Supreme Court um, established this idea of the separate but equal approach that was applied to everything, right? So public transportation, um, public buildings, and that included schools, public education. And so um, segregation was in existence for many years. And then as we all know, or hopefully know, the Supreme Court decision of Brown versus the Board of Education ruled that segregated schools were not equal and needed to be abolished. And so it did take some time. It wasn't immediate that we saw change, but eventually there started to be um, this reintegration um, in public education. Um, even though segregation is not technically in existence today, we still see um, segregation existing in public schools because of the way that cities and towns are still heavily segregated. Um, and that kind of goes back to these institutionalized systematic racism that has existed since the beginning of time and, you know, cannot just be broken and taken away by one, you know, law. So we still see a lot of inequality in education because of these, of the segregation, um, you know, that happened so long ago that still exists today. So that's definitely something to think about when talking about kind of the the different eras of public school and the history behind public schools in America. Um, so that kind of brings us to modern day education. I think it's interesting to think about um, the way that education looked in the 19th century. Um, while there are many differences from that one room schoolhouse to education today, something that I have kind of learned through different grad school classes that I've taken, um, is that, you know, the traditional setup of school is really not that much different from today to 100 years ago. You know, the classic setup of, you know, a teacher with kids, teachers in the front teaching, kids are in desks, you know, that's really not that crazy. It still kind of exists today. And something that teaching in this pandemic and integrating so much technology and new challenges and ideas and just different formats of class has taught me that, you know, maybe it's time to make these big changes. You know, 
the world itself is evolving so much. So why do our schools, why do our classrooms still resemble classrooms 100 years ago? Um, and so while we have come a very far way in public education, I think we have a long way to go. And there's a lot of um, progress that can be made. I think there's a lot of potential for changes in public education um, on so many different levels. Um, just, you know, trying to break from this history to create education that is meant for all, that meets these goals. And so I think that kind of brings me into my next segment of the podcast, which is kind of what are the goals of public education? So what do I think the goals of public education should be? I think that when I think about what my ideas are. So this is, you know, these are just my opinions on what the goals of public public education should be. I think that we should be building students that are um, community leaders. We should be building social emotional intelligence. We should be preparing critical thinkers, um, preparing students to have opportunities after high school. So, you know, using high school as a time to build these students that are prepared for a world outside of the structures of school. Um, and so I think that schools, while yes, of course, the main idea is to teach them skills like reading, writing, science, math. Um, I think that another really main role of public education in America is to prepare students to find a sense of self, to help them understand how to be a citizen, to help them understand how to be self-sufficient and prepared for being an active member of a community once they graduate from high school. Um, and so I think that this is something that a lot of people have thought about the role of public schools in America, especially during this pandemic, because students have not been able to be in school. And so it's given people a chance to realize all of the services that kids are rece receiving in school, um, you know, are maybe more than what more than just learning how to read, learning how to write. They're learning how to have social skills. They're learning how to um, be active members of a community. They are learning how to um, emotionally regulate or to regulate their emotions. They're learning how to interact with peers. Um, you know, even more than that, they're getting healthcare. They're getting um, food. These are all things that schools are doing that maybe before this pandemic, when kids were removed from the school, people outside of education maybe didn't, weren't um, privy to this. And so I think that living through this pandemic, where we have not been in schools for almost a year now, has really opened a lot of people's eyes, including my own, um, to all of the ways that public schools um, play a role in the lives of students. So after I sort of thought about my own ideas and opinions on what the role of public education in America should be, I thought, I wonder if this is a universally thought 
um, set of goals and expectations, or if there are people that have different ideas for what they think the role of public education in America should be. Um, so I set out, I did a little bit of research. I found a great resource um, that one of my peers actually posted, and I found some pretty interesting statistics on what you know people across the country think the role of education should be. And so I'm just going to kind of read some statistics. I promise I won't be too boring and just read off numbers for the rest of the episode, but I think this is important to help us understand kind of where people are coming from um, and what the majority of the country thinks public education should serve to do. Um, so this article, um, which I will link in the speaker or in the episode notes on the website, talks a lot about, you know, what do people think is the primary role of education? Is it to provide rigorous academic instruction, to promote good citizen citizenship, um, or to create skilled career-ready workforce? And so a poll was taken, and there was really no clear consensus on the purpose. So fewer than half of the respondents say that academic achievement is the main goal. And only one third of that segment believe that strongly. So citizenship and preparing students for the workforce were both cited about 25%. When asked to choose, 68% to 21% said that they would prefer schools to focus more on career and technical skills based classes than to offer more honors or advanced academic classes. So I took that as a lot of people think that these career and technical skills-based classes are more important because they are preparing students for the workforce right out of high school. Um, this article also says that the American public does not agree on a single purpose for public education. Um, that's despite the emphasis on academic achievement of the past 16 years. This tells me that the standards and test-based reforms of the Bush and Obama administrations have addressed only part of the public wants. So kind of what I took from this article is that there's not one primary goal that the public thinks education in America should serve to do. Um, and kind of what I gathered is that similar to me, People across America think that public education serves to fill a variety of roles um, to not only have quality instruction that teaches skills like reading, writing, science, but also to prepare students for the workforce, to prepare students to be good citizens. Um, and so that's kind of a lot to put onto a public school. Um, do I think that it's bad? No, not necessarily. I think that a public school is a great place for this to happen. I think that, you know, this time in children's lives and the lives of kids um, is the perfect place to help start preparing them. I think there's no better place than a public school. But I think that with that kind of heavy weight, that heavy burden of, you know, public schools being really responsible for um, the outcome of a lot of students as far as not only their academics, but how they will be successful in the communities that they live in after high school um, can be a lot to put on teachers and not all schools have the same resources. And so, you know, that kind of leads into the final part of this podcast episode, which we'll talk about equity in public schools. And so um, 
I think that as a teacher, it's important to figure out my role as a teacher in a public school. And I think that really my role as a teacher is, you know, mainly to deliver instruction, to teach students about um, science. In my case, I teach science. So to, you know, use the state standards, teach kids about these important topics in science to have them be prepared um, should they go on to a post high school education. Um, and so I think that if, you know, technically that would be my job description, you know, um, but really what's not written in my job description that I think is also a huge part of my job as a public school teacher is to help prepare kids for life, the real world. Um, so that includes creating a space where students are able to develop socially and emotionally, to help them regulate their emotions, to help them interact with peers in a positive way, to help students kind of find a sense of self, to help students determine differences between right and wrong, um, to help students feel confident in themselves so that way when they do graduate high schools, they can be productive members of a community. Um, and so while my technical job description, if you looked at my contract, I bet it would talk mostly about, you know, creating lessons that align to state standards, teaching science, you know, the classic genetics, ecology, energy, and natural selection. You know, that is my technical job description, but I think the role of a public school teacher goes so much deeper than just teaching state standards in the subject that you are qualified to teach. Um, and I'm glad about that. I think that it adds so much value. I think that it creates better members of the community. And I think that, you know, as a teacher, that's kind of what I signed up to do, right? That's something that I, I think a lot of teachers, that's a main reason why teachers want to go into education is because they know that they're doing more than just teaching a specific set of standards. They are impacting young minds that will grow to be active participants in a community. And so, um, I think that that's kind of my take on the role of public schools in America and my role as a teacher. Um, I do want to talk about equity, and I think that equity and this whole discussion that I'm about to have about equity within um, public schools will be a nice transition into my third episode, which is all about curriculum. So I think that this episode, I'm going to focus on kind of equity within public schools and not so much on the curriculum aspect, because I think that that will be a nice intro to kind of link these two episodes together. So um, let's go ahead and dive into kind of the final topic of this episode, which is equity in public education. Are public schools meant to include everyone? Um, and I think that kind of the main driving question that I think about here is, yes, all students get an education but is that education equitable? And I think that this can kind of go back to the original goal that I talked about from the U.S. Department of Education, which clearly states in its goal for, you know, the goal of this government agency is to provide equal quality access to education. And I do believe that, you know, people want that. I do believe that 
it is a goal. Um, but I think that because of the roots of public education, because of the, you know, systematic inequality that is, that has existed in this country for so long, I think that it would be impossible to create a system that is equitable when that system is built on inequality. Um, and so I think that we see that in our public schools very clearly. I think we see, um, you know, the skeletons of segregation, of slavery, um, of all these systems of inequality still show up in our public schools today. Um, we see that through um, certain school districts receiving more funding. We see that um, when we look at differences between um, urban school districts and suburban school districts. And we see that when we look at test scores, we see that when we look at um, funding, we see that when we look at the actual school buildings themselves, there's a visible difference between um, wealthy school districts and underfunded school districts. And so I think that it is important that we realize that this system of public education has a long way to go. Um, because it is our job as educators, I think, you know, going back to my role as a teacher, is to provide a quality education for all of my students. And that means providing access to the same education that any other student anywhere in this country could get. And so, I think that something that I've really taken away from this program, from my grad school classes, from talking to peers in the fellows program, is this importance of having high expectations. I think that so often in schools that maybe don't have the same resources as wealthier districts, um, teachers can fall into this idea that, you know, let's just do the best with what we have rather than I have the exact same expectations for you that I would have if I had all the resources and funding in the world because my job, my role as a public school teacher is to prepare you for life after high school. And um, in preparing a student, you have to have these expectations that people in the real world will have of them. Um, if they go into a job interview after high school, they're going to be expected to have the same skills that anybody else would have. Um, a person interviewing a student for a job after high school is not going to say, oh, well, you know, you didn't have the same education, and so I'll go easy on you. That's not fair to students for us to not have those high expectations. Um, and so I think that, you know, as a teacher, it's really important to think about and have at the forefront of your mind the ways that public education is not always equitable. Um, so that way, you know, you can do your best to have these high expectations and make sure that you're setting students up for success despite, you know, any obstacles that might be in the way. The final question that came up that I wanted to address in this episode about the role of public schools in America is how much does the federal government dictate my role as a teacher. And I think that this is interesting to think about because um, 
it really does kind of lead into the next episode about curriculum and instruction. So I'm not going to dive in too deep because this is kind of what I'm going to be talking about next episode, but it does have to do with this episode and that, you know, the federal government has this, you know, department of education that works with state governments um, to develop standards that I am supposed to teach. And so um, in a way, state governments do kind of dictate my role as a teacher. They tell me what to teach, um, not necessarily how to teach it. And so I think that in a lot of ways, um, the state government does dictate my role, right? They have this idea of what exactly I'm going to teach. My job is to show up, teach these standards that the state has determined are important, um, to prepare students for assessments, um, and, you know, just kind of anything that they might think that students need to be prepared for. Um, and so in a way, sure, the state and governments do dictate my role as a teacher, but I think that in a way I also have some autonomy. I am able to decide how I would like to teach that. Um, and in my district in particular, you know, we do, we have adopted a curriculum for science that um, does kind of tell us how to teach things, but um, that is something that I'd like to dive into next episode when I'm talking about curriculum and instruction, because I think it's important to kind of, um, it's, it's more layered than just, oh, somebody's telling me what and how to teach. It's, you know, there are, there are benefits to having curriculums dictated by states or districts. Um, and, you know, I think that it's important to talk about the pros and the cons. And so um, that's kind of a preview of what I'll be talking about in my next episode on curriculum and instruction. Um, but for now, thank you for listening to this episode on the role of public education in America. Hopefully you learned a little bit about the history. Um, maybe it made you think about what your own ideas are on the role of public education. Maybe if you're an educator, it made you think about what your role as a teacher is, what communities, how communities benefit from public education, um, and especially equity within public education. Are all students getting the same education or do we still you know, have a long way to go, which as you probably have heard from me or understand from what I've said is that I believe that while the goal is for all students to get an education, um, that education that students are getting right now is not necessarily equitable because of the fact that the education system is built on systemic institutionalized inequality. Um, and so we as a country have a long way to go, um, but hopefully, you know, we're headed in a positive direction and, you know, individuals can do their best to make education more equitable. So again, thanks for tuning into this episode and I'll see you next episode to talk all about curriculum and instruction.